Brianna. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 5, Episode 7, Chapter 83, Fire in the Sky. Following in his grandpa Artie's footsteps, Archie begins to recruit Riverdale's new volunteer fire department. This was an episode. Of television. Yeah. This is very filler. I wouldn't say filler. It feels very filler. It's not horrible. It's it feels not good. Look, it felt like filler the first time around. The second time I watched it, it felt a lot more like we're setting a bunch of stuff up. They, they're they trying to set some things up, and they do. Yeah. But it's still very messy. It's Riverdale. Yeah, it will. It's messy. Yeah. So we start this episode with John Hand narration, and you know they were able to fight the porch fires because they had a couple of fire extinguishers. Fred Andrews always prepared, always prepared. And then you know they go inside, and Archie, you know, blows dust off of you know this picture of the fire department, and Archie's showing it to Jug. He's like, "That's my grandpa Artie." You know, back in his day, and Jughead just goes, geez, I know where this is going. <laughs> Which, I love the meta commentary here. It's perfect. Especially Jughead being the one that brings it up so much in this show right now. Sure. And he's just like, oh, what, you don't want to go mono on mono with Hiram Lodge? Again, referencing old shit, old, old things that Archie would have done. And Archie's like, no, I already called Ronnie, and she's on it. And he's like, Ronnie? <laughs> like again settling into some old shit which is good like this this scene was great it addresses the old thing it sets up a new thing it's a little it's a little meta it kind of is like wait you're not gonna go punch a grown-up <laughs> and you're you're already nicknaming your old girlfriend who's married cool great. yeah well we're just setting the table here for this drama of course because, um, you know, those two people don't know that Archie and Betty are sleeping together. Uh-huh. Great. Love this complication. Cut on over to the Colonel Morgue. And uh, he's got a body under a blanket. Betty's asking questions. She's like, I know it's not my sister, but, you know, who is it? And he's like, hey, this body has been in the swamp for at least three years. It was. It's been perfectly preserved in that swamp. And so we're like, okay, but like, who is it then? Oh, oh, they don't know. Oh my goodness. So then we go over to Hiram's office. Veronica's there to confront him. It's like, this is classic Hiram. Hiram's just like, Riverdale can't be saved. It's not coming back to life. Veronica's like, you know, you're an idiot. No, this just became personal. And she walks out and he's just smiling. <laughs> he's just, he's so twisty mustache and I love it. He's so happy to be a dick. It's great. He's not even pretending to be nice, but I love it. I'm here for all of this. It gives him such pleasure to just try and ruin his daughter. It's great. <laughs> we cut out over to Pops, and Archie is talking to former Chief Russell, um, and is just kind of asking him, like, hey, you know, we really need, we need a fire chief. And he talks about, you know, Hiram Lodge didn't just run us out of business. He firebombed his own firehouse. And Archie's like, I know we can operate out of my gym, which not a bad idea. It's a big enough space. It's but uh, he's he's an old dude. He's but not he, in for it. He's like, this is a young man's game, which is fair. Yep. This guy's retired, you know, puts it on Archie and Archie's very disappointed. Chief Russell leaves. Come on over to River Vixen practice. Oh, my God. And they're all, you know, doing their thing. And in walks Cheryl. She is not wearing her signature lipstick. No. Just, I just wanna I just wanna make sure we're watching that. If it isn't Miss Winchester herself. Great. It's a great line. As Elton John likes to say, <sighs> the bitch is back. It's good. I'm here for that. <laughs> and Cheryl challenges her it's her birthright and says, I challenge you to a dance off, to which Tony's like, I'm pregnant. Oh, so you forfeit? <laughs> to which one of the vixens, who is a dancer from Canada. She's well known on TikTok and whatnot. She's like, I'll be your proxy. And Cheryl's just like, mm, usually I have a thing against torturing high school students, but you look particularly insufferable. <laughs> okay, great line. So they have this dance off. And while this dance is way better than the season one dance off, it is. It is way better. It's filmed better for one. Okay. Filmed better. You can tell both of these girls do know how to dance. Cheryl gets owned though. Cheryl got owned, but also it's insufferable because Cheryl's an adult. Yes. This is not how 
adults are supposed to handle things. Never. And now this is a soap opera. It's still at its heart a teen soap opera. Like, I'm not going to pretend that just because they're adults now, they're not dumb dumbs. Acting like teenagers? They're yeah. not dumb dumbs. And, and like, that was going to happen. And so challenging Tony to a dance-off, sure. But this is stupid. It's very dumb. It's just It's just stupid. Also, with all of the shots back to Tony. Yeah, and again... This is ridiculous. So it ends in a tie and, you know, Tony's just like, you know, let's share it. And Joe's like, it's fine for now. But again, this just makes this entire episode, Tony's, well, in the last episode too, I complained about this. Tony's entire storyline is about her girlfriend getting her girlfriend back. Yeah. And it's just bullshit. Now, I, I'm just going to say this now. I like the conversation they have at the end. Tony's the exact right person to have that. But again. Tony is being used as a prop to fix another character. Yes. So that's what all of this was for. Because Tony has every right to be like, I'm the one here. I'm putting in the fucking work. Like, your money is funding the school, but I'm the one who put it in the budget to be for this. It would be way better if that was what was going on. Yeah. It would. Like, if Cheryl was coming in and being like, no, I want to be in charge. because, And it's like, no, no, no. You're not a teacher. You don't get to be here. Oh, well, as a donor, I get to sit down on practices and give notes. Fine. You want to make that awkward? Fine. Uh-huh. That could have been a, that would have been better. And Tony could have been like, yeah, restarting the River Vixens. I knew it would probably ruffle Cheryl and might even spurn her to, to get out of her, you know, self-imposed isolation. But this is for me. This was always important to me, which... Let's be clear. It never fucking was that important to Tony. No. No. You know what was important to Tony? The serpents, which is still very important to her. The serpents and helping people in Riverdale. If if they needed they needed some better uh, bridging of that. Like, hey, look, I can see that this is something that the girls of Riverdale could really use. But here's another thing. Why are there not dudes on this? This team? Oh. You want to... You, no, no, no. You want to be a competition cheerleading squad? Get some dudes. You need dudes. It helps. It helps. And also, if there are no other sports teams, if there's no funding for them, you should be recruiting dudes. Come on. I said it with the football team and the ROOTC. There should have been girls on those. There should be dudes on the cheerleading squad. I, I want everyone. <laughs> I want everyone in all the sports. <laughs> we go to our teacher's doghouse. Hey. hey! And Veronica is sharing, you know, her info from talking to her dad with Archie. Archie's talking about what his conversation was with Chief Russell. They're kind of just downloading each other with the information that we've already seen. And Archie's just like, you know, I don't know what to do. We don't have anybody to help us because I don't know the first thing about being a firefighter. Which <laughs> I appreciate that he acknowledges that. Like, that's important. Archie's very ambitious. Okay, but let's remember, young, dumb Archie... Would have just been like, I don't know, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Adult Archie is like, I don't know things. <laughs> this is growth. I want to acknowledge the growth here. Veronica has to name drop Katie Keene. My best friend Katie Keene from New York, her best friend's boyfriend was a firefighter. Oh my God. Which it's just like, that show didn't make it. Fuck off. Unless you're going to bring Katie Keene into this show and have her be in Riverdale all the time, stop talking about Katie Keene. Do a rewrite, please. No, this is not a rewrite. This is new fucking writing. This is bullshit. Any writer who says, well, that was already on the table before. No, you're full of shit. <laughs> she could have said, somebody I know from New York is a firefighter. Oh, I agree. But, but no. it feels... Like, this is all shit that they had written down in a script. No, it's not. And they just it's kept bullshit. it. No, this is just them being full of shit and having shitty ideas. This is shitty. This is shitty writing. <laughs> it's their excuse to bring this guy here from Katie King, which I'm fine with. But the way you inter you explain that connection to the audience that didn't watch Katie King, which was most people, was that he shows up when they say hi. It's like, and when he leaves... He says bye to Veronica. She says, oh, please give Katie and Jorge my best. Just something simple like that. Oh, okay. That's why we're supposed to know him. You know what? Simple. Subtle. You know what? what? We both agree. It's shitty writing. It's shitty writing. <laughs> and this gives Veronica a crazy idea. Oh, my God. So we go over to 
econ class. And she's like, class, how do we revive the town? And I was like, I don't know, teacher. And she's like, okay, who here wants to clean up a video store and be exempt from the midterm? It's like, okay, class, how can I exempt you for some child labor? Oh, my God. The whole time I'm screaming, this is illegal. This is so illegal. Well, they're a private school, so they can do a lot of shit that they're not supposed to do. Except it's still very illegal. It's really not correct. It's very wrong. Like, even if you're a private school, you've got to go through a lot of permitting and bullshit in order to do stuff like that. Yeah. You do. Yeah. It's not good. It's bad. (laughs) But, you know, they're all dumb. Riverdale, ostensibly, in the state of New York, a really highly regulated state. Yeah. I mean... We cut on over to Pops. Jughead hands some articles over to Tabitha. It's like, hey, I found the Mothman articles. Blah, 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 blah. They're cool. And then I found this one. And Tabitha's kind of refuting things. I mean, like, this could have just been a coincidence. She's like, yeah, but see who's listed as an eyewitness at the end of that? Think you can get me an interview? And he makes a big smile at her. And she's worried. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, what? What is this? Oh, I know who it what is exactly when she reads that. Yeah, when she makes that face, you kind of guess who it's going to be. Of course. And then we cut over to the Andrews house and Archie's walking into the front door and <gasps> Jackson's there. Oh. So his name is Eric Jackson. But they just keep referring to him as Jackson. So I'm going to call him Jackson. That's who he is. It's Andrews and Jackson. Yeah, and I mean, he calls him Sarge. It's a military thing. Uh Uh-huh. He's Jackson. And so he he got discharged, and he's on his way to the therapeutic VA housing, but he thought he'd take Archie up on his offer to come visit him in Riverdale before he went. And he's got his gun and his duffel, and he's there, and Archie's like, yeah, come in, come stay, which, you know, told you that was going to happen. Yeah. We knew he was coming back. We knew he was coming back. This is great. I do want to say, because I looked him up, this is Somer Carbuccia, and he does actually have a prosthetic leg. I wanted to look it up because some of the way they filmed the scenes later, I was like, I was a little concerned that they didn't, which, you know, hire an actor. But I love that they have an actor who is portraying having um, a prosthetic. And that is something that they actually deal with in their everyday life. Yep. So that's awesome. They've actually been on Grey's Anatomy and they've actually been in some stage plays as well. So I think that's so cool. Cut back to the morgue. And Betty's asking some questions like, okay, hey, I did some digging and there was one other girl reported missing. Her name is Margaret Harper. And Dr. Curdle's like, this isn't her because Margaret Harper had braces and this corpse doesn't have braces. And so Betty's like, okay, so it's not Polly and it's not Margaret. So it's another girl. So that's three. Three is a pattern. Riverdale. We have a serial killer. We can't not have a serial killer in Riverdale. Not when Betty works with the FBI and has PTSD from being captured by a serial killer, of course. And also, there's always a serial killer. <sighs> Pretty much. <laughs> Every season, there is a serial killer. There's someone doing bad shit. <laughs> so we come back and we, we're at the White Worm and Archie is introducing Jackson to Kevin and Fangs and some other unnamed guys we've never met before. And Kevin thanks him for his service, and he references that his dad previously served, which I believe is new information for us. We didn't know that Tom Keller served. However, previously in this show, we have never met Kevin's mother because I believe she is still, she is active duty Navy. So why did that not come up? So either they've completely forgotten or they've decided we don't care. When it's like, my mom is active duty or my parents met while serving in the military. Thank you for your service. Like, it totally makes sense that Kevin would reference that his parents, that he, like his parents served. Totally. That's what people do. But seven year time jump. Mom disappeared. Mom doesn't exist anymore. Nope. Which like, I still think, please get Nev Campbell to play Kevin's mom. Please. <laughs> Please give me that. Please. Or Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, be so good. Well, Kevin, I think Kevin's mom is never appearing. Ever. Just not going to happen. No, I need it. I need it badly. They've completely forgotten that she exists. This is so ridiculous. I'm like, is this why we never see her? Like, what? And so, anyways, they say we're looking for a good few good men. Story of my life. 
I love slightly drunk Kevin. This makes me happy. And so they're talking about recruiting for volunteer firefighter. So Kevin makes a comment about backdraft. Archie says he's bringing in an expert from New York with Veronica's help. And nobody says yes, to which Jackson just shakes his head like civilians. (laughs) Which, yeah. 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 Fair. We cut on over to the FBI office and Betty is talking to Mrs. Harper, Margaret's mother, and she just wants to ask her some questions. We find out that Margaret fell in the wrong crowd with the truckers. And Miss Harper says that Sheriff Keller did everything he could, but he was just one man. But that there was this one woman, Tony, who was a godsend, who was <laughs> very comforting. And this is like, what? Which, okay, cool. And this is, wh- again, where in terms of developing Tony as a super important character, this is good. This is layering in what she was doing all this time where y'all were away. She was on the boots on the ground doing good work in the town. Like, I like this. This this works for me. <laughs> so we go to the doghouse. Hey. hey. And Cheryl is lounging, which what what is she doing there? She's literally doing nothing if she's not doing River Vixens yelling. She's the cheer coach. But that's not a full time gig. She owns the school. No, she doesn't. She's a, a donor. Like it, it, it's just she's ridi- just gonna be there. We have to move on from I know, that. But it's just ridiculous. There's no logistics to how Cheryl fucking blossom works. Exists. <laughs> There's no yeah, it's true. Pure chaos. It's true. And Veronica comes in and is like, oh, Queen Elsa came down from the mountain. Which is <laughs> a nice reference. She asked her, how are your art skills? Flawless. I need you to design something for me that will fit on this printing plate. Ugh. Ugh. And Okay, in terms of uh, a design, the Monopoly money is horrible. <laughs> we cut on over to the RROTC and Jackson is telling them what's what. He was a sniper. They ask him what commander was like in the army. And they said, oh, you know, he was great. He just never stops giving back. Um, shows them his prosthetic leg and he's like it's real dramatic it's very dramatic and just like just like showering archie with praise and he's very uncomfortable with this of course he is of course which is normal well it's gonna make a lot more sense later well then they explain he explains like what he's trying to do with the fire department and one of the recruits says can we help with that and archie's like are you kidding like (laughs) not even my friends were willing to uh help but you guys can't help You've got school and football. And the recruit goes, uh, with respect, so do you. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. like Archie's going to help influence these young men to be good good men. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, oh, yay. But uh, Archie's like, okay, like, you know, if you want to do it, you have to be 16 and you have to have your parents' permission. Which, still not appropriate, but it's at least the appropriate route of like, you got to have your parents' permission. <laughs> I'll give I'll give him that. I'll give him that. You gotta have your parents' permission. In no world is this sane or how things work. Hey, they have no one and places are getting set on fire. You need your parents' permission. It's <laughs> it's like driving a tractor in rural areas. You yeah, you gotta be 14 with parents' permission. We don't care. I'll take literally anybody. It, pretty much. That's just kind of how it works sometimes. And then And then we go to econ class. And we have prototypes for Veronica vouchers. And she tells the story of this town in Oregon where um, they were on the verge of collapse and they started printing money for their town that could only be used in their town to help revitalize it. And so she just kind of explains her plan. This is a real thing. This has happened. This did actually happen in Oregon. It actually worked. Because money is about confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's what backs currency. So... When we talk about stimulus, yeah, if people have money, they can spend it. If you don't have money, you can't put it into the economy. And you don't get money to people by putting money to the wealthiest people. Yeah, if you invest money in business, that doesn't put money in the economy. You have to invest money in actual people by putting money in their pocket. Hello, welcome to our socialist agenda. <laughs> don't think we've been hiding it very well you know where we land politically the end okay we go to the cooper house buddy's coming home and they're just like crazy dirty footprints all over the floor <laughs> and Betty goes into the kitchen and alice is just covered in grime and gross she's like i didn't find polly but i found her phone in swedlow swamp 
Okay. And Betty's like, okay, then that's where we need to keep looking. Well. <laughs> okay. Thank God it was good news. All right. We cut on over to the white worm and Betty asks Tony about Margaret Harper. And Tony's like, yeah, there were a lot of Margarets, but she was just one of the few who got reported. A lot of girls went missing. And Betty just says, something is going on in that swamp. And I need your help to look for, like, to search it. We found a body. Like, we found a body. I need help. And Tony just says, serpents are at your disposal. Uh-huh. Which I, which is really sweet. And it's just kind of like, let's not forget Betty was a serpent. So, yeah. But also, like, this is this is all about the town. This is all about the True, town. True, but, like, it's, it's just about the town. But it's also, like, Betty was a serpent. Yeah. So, that's great. I, I like I like it. <laughs> and then we get this buck wild scene. So then we're at Pops and Jug is interviewing Pops. And Pops is like, I love coming back here now that I'm retired. I <laughs> love you, Pop. And so Jughead starts asking him about this interview because he was the uh, firsthand account from the article. Nuh-uh. And we get this little flashback, which is so cute. It's young Pop Tate. It's young Pop Tate. And he's working in the diner and we see it play out that, you know, the lights flicker and then they go out and then the jukebox comes on and then the little clapping monkey thing goes off. It's Close Encounters and Poltergeist all rolled into one. Yeah, the gumball dispenses and lights go on outside, which uh, if you want to hear how we feel about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, go listen to our podcast, Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What?, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. We did a whole Steven Spielberg series about that earlier this year. Yeah, we did that one. <laughs> and they're pulling so many visual references. Oh, yeah. especially Yeah, it's great. Um, so the lights come on outside and then everyone goes outside. And so then, so it's very cool. And it's just like, what? What is this? <laughs> and so Jackhead's like, you know, what was it? And Pop says, there were a lot of theories. A lot of people said aliens, but the one that got the most traction and felt the most credible was military testing from an army base right outside Riverdale. Okay. Okay. Which I love. Yes. I love this because for me, this is going to get, this is a theory I'm going to propose is that we are going to end up going to that military base. It's going to be a Jughead and Archie, you know, adventure (laughs) because Archie has got the credentials to get there and he's going to take Jughead with him. Tabitha will be there too. Or or maybe Jackson. We don't know. We don't know how long Jackson's going to be around. We have to infiltrate the military base. We have to find out what's going on there. They're doing naughty things. See, based on the fact of lights, mm-hmm. bodies, mm-hmm. cancer, and caves, weapons, mm-hmm. weapons manufacturing, weapons manufacturing, but also that they found some sort of mineral. Before we talked about this, I joked, they found Riverdale Vibranium. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was my joke. Um, but like it ties into all the Hiram stuff that we'll talk totally. about. Like th- this is going to be an overarching theory that I I hope plays out. I hope I hope the plan is that all of those are going to tie together to basically kind of screw everybody over at the same time. That'll work out well. Wouldn't shock me. Nope. I hope they tend to have decent ideas and really shitty execution. But Pop says who you really need to talk to is Cheryl's grandmother, and he's like, "What, Nana Rose?" He's like, yeah. And then we cut back to the flashback and we see a redheaded woman looking at Pops. <laughs> which is like, of course, there's an event in town 50 years ago and one of the Blossoms was there. Young Nana Rose. I love it. <laughs> I'm here for it. So we cut on over to the El Royale gym, which is now going to be the firehouse, which is okay, cool. I kind of like that repurposing of that space. Sure. And it's Bernardo Brigsby and he's there for firefighter training. I really love that they all already have printed up t-shirts. <laughs> so that was already in the budget. Bernardo's just like, every, you know, everyone's got to work as a team. No one goes into a building alone and we're only as strong as our weakest link. And on my team, there's no weak link. So we do that. And then we cut that with Veronica printing money. We just go back and forth between Veronica paying the children for doing labor with her Monopoly money, with the Archie working out with the with the rest of the firefighters. And then... Jughead gets paid in the Monopoly money. He goes, what is this? <laughs> and Tabitha's like, don't worry about it. You'll still get your regular paycheck, but this is money that you can use in Riverdale, like here or the Bijou or cut to him ordering booze at the White Worm. He's like, better make it a double. I got I to gotta run. 
<laughs> so, yeah, uh, Jughead's drinking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's also going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Cut on over to Cheryl is running a practice of the River Vixens and she's yelling at them being a real bitch about it. I've seen a porcelain doll possessed by my dead brother move faster than you. I love that line. That's a great line. It's so good. That's, that's our writer. That's hello, writer. Hello, writer. Hello, writer. I don't know who you are and that's okay. (laughs) But here, this was your moment, and I'm proud of you because like, this was precious. Cheryl does not have to be the most complicated character in the world with all this revenge plot. You could just make her like this, just like this, where she talks about all of this other bullshit. She's just, as a joke, just bitter. Like my life is totally fucked up. Yeah, so I'm just gonna talk about it very plainly and just fuck with people about it. That's fun. It's fair. That's okay. And so Tony comes in, she's like, what's going on? She's like, oh, we have to do two-a-days if we're going to be, you know, competition ready. Vixens like blossoms are forged in fire. To which Tony's like, wow, that sounds like something your mom would say. Whoa, you be careful. Like, don't talk to me that way. And then a vixen falls down, like, sprains her ankle. (gasps) Call Nurse Nightingale. (laughs) Blah, blah. And it's just very, very eye-rolly. Fuck all of this. Yeah. Fuck hurting children for your own petty squabbles. Yeah, I just... all of it. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not into this. We cut on over to the swamp, and we've got a posse together to search the swamp. And then a jeep rolls up, and it's Hiram and his goons and Reggie. It's private property, and they got shotguns, and you better leave. And Keller's just like, okay, this is a crime scene. Well, if it is, it's outside your jurisdiction. And Betty's like, okay, well, the FBI is declaring this a... a <laughs> A crime scene to which Hiram's like, oh, you're gonna have to do better than that FBI badge you got at a Cracker Jack box, Betty. A Jacker Crack box. Is that what he said? Yes. Oh, he does? Okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's great, because it's true. She's still just a trainee, but she's acting like she's a full-fledged agent. I've gotta go look up the rules on this. Like, it's gonna bug me if they keep, if, if I don't know if that she can say I'm with the FBI as a trainee. Like, does she have arresting authority? <laughs> I don't think she does. My guess would be if she was actually doing work that she was assigned by the FBI, she might be able to. Maybe, but it's just, the whole thing is just like, what the fuck, Betty? But like, you don't have like that much more authority than a cop would. Like, <laughs> like the only difference is that like you would be able to cross counties and stuff. You 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 would be able to investigate federal crimes. Yeah, they would have to be federal crimes. In fact. Somebody would have had to have crossed state lines in order for you to be able to do anything about it. Yeah. So it the whole fucking thing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We go over to Thornhill and Tabitha and Jughead are there to interview Nana Rose. God, this scene. <laughs> Which, the woman who plays Nana Rose, it's Barbara... I don't have her last name, but it's Barbara. She's phenomenal. She's so good. She's always been great because when she needs to be very, when she needs to act like she is not with all of her faculties, she's great. When she needs to act like she is just bat shit, she's phenomenal. And And also, here's the thing. Nana is pretending to be not in control of her faculties. I don't. Uh Uh-uh. No. Nana knows what the fuck is going on. I don't know. But I also like that this scene kind of put to rest some uh, a theory. There was a theory that was going around that Nana Rose was actually dead in pr- the previous episodes of the time jump that she was just a figment of Cheryl's imagination. Would have been great. Which I would have totally been here for. So when I saw the sneak preview of this, I was like, oh, that means Nana Rose is alive. Because <laughs> when I read that one, I was like, that's cool. I was like, I hadn't thought of that, but that's cool. I like it. Yeah. But, but okay, fine. I'm here for this information. So basically, she was there, and then she found a misshapen body in the maple forest, and which is important information. And then they came to get their friend. They actually, she talked to the Mothman. Uh-huh. They wanted to get their friend. She told them that she cremated it. She had an autopsy. She perfectly preserved the body in a maple barrel. No, I kept it kept it of course she did of course an she autopsy fucked. was performed an alien autopsy <laughs> that's what i find again i feel like they cannot pay this off without it being more realistic 
But the fact they're going like full X-Files bonkers with this story. There's no way to do this part of the story realistic. This part, if you if you do it too seriously, you lose it. I mean the reveal later on. Mm, yes. Like you can't this can't actually be fucking aliens because then I'll burn the whole show down. <laughs> oh, sure. But the fact that they're making it X-Files right now is so funny. They they be, <laughs> because they have never officially introduced Greendale into this world, they're not doing mystical. Now, if this is when they decide they're going to do it, that's fucked up. Oh, it's so stupid. It's just stupid and unnecessary. It's like that ship got sa- got canceled. Yeah. That ship sank. So don't do it. So because uh, with the whole Griffins and Gargoyles <laughs> thing, we're like, ooh, what is this mystical, magical thing? Okay, maybe this is their nod to start bringing in some some other world, which would have been okay. But it was a drug cult. Which was also fine. Yeah. I'm fine with this. Like, we think it's aliens. It looks like aliens. People believe it's aliens. No, it's just weird pretending it's aliens because that's easier to believe. It's also weird as fuck. Well, and it obfuscates what's actually going on. Yes. Which is the point. We cut on over to econ class and Veronica's like, congratulations. We've successfully introduced $50,000 into the economy. And all the kids are like, yay. (laughs) It's like, okay, so how much more do we do? And they're like, a lot. And she's like, a thousand, ten thousand. And I was like, ten thousand. And she's like, no, we need to go slow and steady, which she's right. We don't we don't want to do inflation. We don't want everything to go bust because there's too much money. Can't run a risk on the bank. And the bank is me. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's funding this where she sold a Glamour J.A. Yeah. Which, again, that makes sense. This is cool. This is actually not a stupid idea. It's something to help people get reinvested in the town. Hey, it's something to try. Uh-huh. It's something to try. And so Hiram comes by and he has a dollar, a Veronica, uh-huh. a Veronica voucher, is what I'm calling it. And he's just like, you know, even at my most audacious, I never thought about putting my own face on money. <laughs> and I never thought this was possible. And she's like, well, it's good I never limited myself to what you thought was possible. Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> Which, bitch, you got to stop with this daddy crap. I know, but whatever. It's, it's just... It's more little girl bullshit, and it's. Just, I would take her more seriously with this fight she's having with Hiram if she was calling him Hiram, because she refers to him as Daddy when she talks to people. When she wants something, that's when you call him Daddy or Daddykins. <laughs> but no, no, no. You want him to fuck off. You want him to take you seriously. You wanna. You wanna come to an even playing table. Hiram. He's Hiram. Uh-huh. You're Veronica. Because that's the thing is, you call him Daddy, and he calls you Miha. You're the little girl, and he's daddy. That's it. It's never not going to be that way. I I have no expectations for them it's, to it's, make that change. Here's the thing. You guys want to play this, di- you want to continue playing with this problem, you have to change the dynamic between them. That's part of how you change the dynamic. Yeah. Well. You change part how the power struggle is addressed. Make them more equal. She's older now. She is an actual adult. She does have some skills. A lot of what she learn from you we go on over to the firehouse and the guys are just relaxing after you know training or whatever and it's bro time it's bro time and jackson is telling the story about archie feeding a wolf that he thought was a dog <laughs> which archie asserts it was a dog it was a dog it was a timber wolf <laughs> like it's just very it's just a very archie thing to have done also those two have really good bro chemistry they do have really good bro chemistry I'm, i i do really like them together yeah and this homeless gentleman walks in and is just like oh i thought this place was shut down it's like oh it was but we're rebuilding it back up and um you know we were bringing the fire department back and he's just like oh a lot of places have burned down because there was no fire department it's like oh well we're gonna we're gonna do right by this town and the guy's like well i'm earl and i've heard a lot of people talk that way i hope you can back it up uh-huh and that like actually hurts archie a little bit like you can tell that like, that hit him hard it hits him hard but it also it, it really like resolves him a little bit more like he's it stiffens him up to be like yeah no we gotta do this well it's it's that whole like oh all these all these people know right right now is broken promises yeah which fair yeah uh, we cut on over to Betty at the FBI office. She's on the phone with Glenn. And she's asking him, you know, send me whoever you can. We need something. It's just one sheriff. He's like, yeah, we can't. And the TBK killer's back. Oh? Huh? Betty instantly stops. And you can tell she's like about to cry. 
Uh-huh. Like, that just stops her dead in her tracks. Panic attack. And she's like, how many, are there any victims? Uh-huh. Two that we know of so far. And then she just kind of gets this flashback to her time in the hole. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, no, no, you stay there. You catch that bastard. I'll take care of this here. So she goes to the swamp to get justice in place of her trauma. And she hears a gun cocks and it's like, damn it, Betty. I told you not to come out here. I love Reggie being a himbo about it. I love this scene. Love the scene. It's very good. Again, because it's this. Oh, I got theory. I did love earlier when they got to the swamp and you could see right at the end, Reggie give this kind of like side look of like, ugh. Yeah. So Betty just is like, you know, Reggie, my sister is out here. Who knows what's out here? So she's like, so if you want to stop me, you're going to have to shoot me. He's like, okay, Betty, cone of silence. You can never get back to Hiram that it came from me. Okay, fine, cone of silence. <laughs> I found another body. And what I like about this scene is, for me, this opened a window into the fact that Reggie is still the friend guy that we knew. Yeah. So I have a theory that when everybody left, he didn't do very well. That would make a lot of sense. He didn't do very well, and the town started going down, and Reggie just wants to be successful. And he has a very, we know he has an abusive dad. And for him, the best way to be successful is just make a lot of money. And who's who can he make a lot of money with? Hiram Lodge. Uh-huh. And that meant doing bad things, which Reggie's always taken the easy way out when it comes to things. Yeah. What's the get rich quick? Let's pull a prank. That's kind of just how he operates. And so with his friends being gone, his moral compasses all gone he just kind of did the stuff Hiram told him to do because he was making a lot of money and he felt important yeah and as you know Hiram kind of could because we don't know what has happened with Reggie's dad since but maybe he's replaced him as his father figure for now and cool but I do I totally think he's Tony's baby daddy (laughs) I think and I think when you look back at that scene where they vote to shut down Riverdale. For him, it's like, oh no, my old friends are back. And now it's the, sh- it's the breaking down of, now who I am today is being reflected in who they are. And they can see me now. And I don't love that. <laughs> yeah. That's not great. Because it was one thing when it was just, I'm just not friends with Kevin or Fangs or Tony, whatever. But now everyone's back. Andrews was my boy. Uh-huh. That was my bud. Like, you kind of had a love-hate thing going on, but that was his best bud. Yeah. And now you're punching each other. Oh, yeah. That's not cool. Well, and just the fact of, like, there's a line for him. Yeah. Like, he's more than willing to do shady shit Mm -hmm. to make some money. But innocent girls are dying in the swamp. And as he looks at it, he's going, like, what the fuck are we going to do here? Like, it's not worth us making money if this shit's going on. Well, and also it's like, before... Nobody was trying to do anything about it. So I was like, well, this is just what it is. Yeah. Well, now someone I know is gone and it's affecting someone I do actually care about, Betty. Yeah. And she's going to try and do something about it. So now I have someone to tell this information to. Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) So I feel like that's what's happened. This is my theory about what's been going on with Reggie. Reggie. Reggie's good. I feel like Reggie is still good. So then we go over to the gym and Bernardo is quizzing the high school kids on firefighter, fire theory, whatever. And then a guy comes in and saying, hey, the pool hall's, you know, it's on fire. You got to come quick. And so they all run outside. And so they start trying to work together. And like Earl's in there. The guy who had come in earlier. Of course. Well, you know, they got to make it hurt. And so Archie... (laughs) I got it. Archie kicks down the door and then runs in to the burning building. Archie. He's still Archie. Yeah. So then we cut up to Veronica counting money and you knew this was going to happen. It's not adding up. So she calls daddy <laughs> and she accuses him of printing money to fuck her up. His answer to this phone call was the best. Has the treasury department come to arrest you, Miha? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, as Archie would say, daddy, you suck. And then she hangs up, which was also a great retort. He hears the dial tone and just goes, mm-hmm. his, his smiling to that was great. I yeah. mean, that exchange, 
hilarious. Especially I, based on what we find out later. <laughs> yeah, great. Because I assumed, too. I was like, oh, yeah. Because my first assumption, of course, was him. And then I was like, oh, no, it's the kids. It's <laughs> going to be the kids. They got greedy. And then the fact that Hiram didn't do it makes that exchange even more delicious. It does. <laughs> it really does. So we go back to the Colonel Morgue and we discover that the body that Reggie found is Margaret Harper. She, it has the braces and we can tell by the cause of death was that her left side of her body was pulverized. But he's like, what happened to her? I think it's fair to assume she got hit by a truck. She yeah. got run over by a truck. He says, like a wrecking ball. And in my notes, I go, or a truck. truck. Or a truck. <laughs> She's hanging out with truckers. That makes the most sense. She was run over or hit by a truck. That makes the most sense. We we know where this is headed. Sure. And so then we cut over to the school gym. And Tony is standing right in the middle of the gym. And Cheryl comes in. She's got her lipstick on. Lights are out. And she's like, what's going on? And Tony, Tony has canceled. And she's like, where are my vixens? Actually, they're our vixens. Okay, our vixens. See, I'm playing nice. And Tony's like, I'm calling you out. You've always gotten away with murder in this town because of your money and your privilege. And I know you've been to hell and back, but that doesn't give you the right to be a holy terror for no reason. Uh-huh. 100%. I'm, to I'm totally on board with all of this. And... She starts trying to be like, you have no idea what it's like to be me and blah, blah, blah. And Tony just cuts her off. He's like, you cursed yourself. And it's selfish. And Cheryl, again, tries to talk about her money, you know, paying for the schools. Like, money alone isn't going to solve the problems of this town. There are people putting in the real work. And I want you to be on the ground as one of the good guys. But you're going to have to take a good, hard look in the mirror and get it together. And as she's walking out, Cheryl's like, your cruelty is beyond words. <laughs> Which, of course, that's going to be Cheryl. So Cheryl's just like, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked for who I am. It's like, no, you're a cunt. Yes. And that's just the way it is. Yes. And Tony, I, I mean, I, I love this scene because it 100% needs to be said. I love what they've done with Cheryl and that they had her feel so bad about what her family has done in the town that she holed herself up and she did things. She did good things to try and fix that. And that... Tony's family acknowledged that yeah. and said that that was that was good. She's trying to make some amends. Did. And then we got some insight into if I do something to help the school, it'll turn bad because everything I do turns bad, which was insightful to her previous behavior. And yes, the second she came out of her self-isolation and she zeroed in on this thing, she reverted back to her old self. She's at her old school and she just settled into, I'm Cheryl fucking Blossom and I run this town and I can do whatever the fuck I want. That all makes sense 100% to me. She's in the same old scenario that she was before. She's going to behave the same way. Yeah. So it makes complete sense to me that Tony has to be the one to be like, and also Tony being the only one who could say this to her and ring any bell with her. I'm on board with all of this. It's good. I'm, this is good character growth. This is good character development. Again, where I hate this is you've made Tony's entire storyline for the last two episodes. Like 90% of her story is setting up this shit to get her girlfriend back. Uh-huh. Yes. I hate it. Yes. I hate it. <sighs> if, if we didn't have any of the stuff where it was, you know, I we could date again and it was just you're a person in my life that I care about and I know you're hurting and I just want to make sure that you're okay. It would recontextualize all of this and then I would be okay with it. But we know that there's a romantic element that they're trying to push. Of course they are. And they're going to try and make Joni Endgame. And I'm like, fuck no, they should never <laughs> be together ever. They should not have been together before. They should not be together now. <sighs> Whatever. So Whatever, that, man. That makes it bad. And I'm mad. I'm mad too. Well, Cheryl gets more comeuppance because she goes home and Miss Marple's there. And she says, well, when I went to sell your painting, I discovered that it was a forgery. And we see the two paintings side by side. And she's like, well, do you want to explain yourself before I call the authorities? And Cheryl just smiles it's like, ah, fuck. Although this is totally going to turn in a different direction. Oh, the authorities are not getting called. Miss Marple's going to join in on the grift. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> she says it's a forgery, a skillful forgery at that. Probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Cheryl. This is where I feel like, and I'm probably going to get mad next week for a lot of things. I feel like we're going to get, Cheryl has been confronted with, like, she's done good work to try to grow and fix herself and fix her past. And now she's confronted with some things that are specific to her. Yeah. Everything else was about her family. Now it's very specific about her. Oh, yeah. From someone that she loved. And that that's a that's a hard, bitter pill. And so her response to that is to say, fuck all of you. I'm going I'm going full dark, no stars. <laughs> bad at all. You thought it was bad before. We'll just wait till who I am now. Yeah. Also, she's going to fuck Miss Marple. That's going to happen. I'm putting that out there now. Huh. I don't yeah. know that. Yeah. I'm guessing. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, we go to the hospital. Archie's in the bed, and they're ta- he's talking to Jackson and Tom, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, do we know what happened to the building? It was old, bad wiring. You know, those buildings. Like, yeah, but it's wouldn't be unlikely if it was arson by Hiram Lodge." And Jackson starts asking questions, like, "Who is this guy?" And it's like, he "Used to be mayor. Now he he's trying to build the town next to us. You know, running everyone here out." Welcome to Riverdale. And he's like, oh, just another fat cat getting, you know, rich off of uh, taking advantage off of us. Hell yeah, Jackson. Okay, okay makes sense. Okay, cool. Well, makes sense. Comrade Jackson. You know, Tom leaves and, you know, Jackson's getting mad. He knows like Earl was one of us. He was a vet. And he's like, what are we doing over there fighting if this is what happens to us when we come home? And this, <laughs> this again resonates with Archie. This is true. Woo, they win. They went Ooh. deep here. I do. Uh, this this makes me so sad. Um, but it this this storyline I do really love. Yeah, I do. Uh, they did really well. Some good shit, man. This was good. This this was this was good. Um, we cut on over to Hiram's office and he's pissed because there's a newspaper article about the the other body they found. He's like, they found another body. How'd they do that? And Reggie's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> He's like, but, you know, why don't you let them search the swamp? He's like, no, we can't. What if they find more bodies? That'll delay my turnpike. To which Reggie says, but don't you want to be a hero instead of the villain and just let them search the swamp? It's not even the end game. And Hiram says, yes, but the turnpike is a necessary smoke screen. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> this is tying in. All that military bullshit. All that military bullshit and the Mothman stuff and also the Maple Groves. Yeah. We we know previously that they were they were going to the, the Blossoms Farm every week. Like, we want to buy your groves. We want to buy your groves. There's something, there's some mineral, there's something in the ground that is very valuable. We don't know what it is. That's why I say it. it's like it's Riverdale Vibranium, of essentially. Course it is. It's really fucking experimental highly radioactive or not yeah it's got a lot of radiation it's not handled properly but it's got it's really it's it can be a huge payday so they're not going to build sodale because i get i bet you (sighs) under sodale is a bunch of this shit well oh no no it's all under riverdale yeah no no no. they're gonna build sodale riverdale's gonna be a mining town no 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 Riverdale's just going to get mined. It's going to get turned into a quarry. Yeah. Because that's what all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we gamed that out. That's the plan. That's not what's going to happen. No. That's not going to happen anyways. (laughs) So that was new information. So that's good. Interesting. Cool. And Reggie. Reggie makes Hiram really happy. Yeah. So it's like, okay. It's like, okay, I could be the good guy. Because Reggie's doing like, okay. You look good, and it delays the turnpike, but that's not the end game anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Like, eh, whatever. Cool. And this double this double trick of Reggie of being like, look, man, I'm willing to get shade in the dirt to make some money here, but... Well, Reggie knows the right thing to do is to search the swamp. Yeah. So he's convinced his boss, who's clearly trying to hide things, which Reggie clearly knows what he's trying to hide, but we, the audience, don't know, so we can't know that yet. This is what they're doing. Yeah. So it's fine. I, I, I but I, I like that we've let this part slip. And this is a very good way to parse out information that if you're not paying attention to. You're like, what? Cool. Anyway, Reggie has a conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Get over to the FBI office and Betty tells Mrs. Harper that they found that her daughter and Tony and Alice are there too to be very supportive. And Betty's just like, I promise we'll find who did this to her. Yeah. Yeah. 
cut over to Pops and Jughead walks in and what's sitting there but a maple barrel that Nana Blossom just delivered. <laughs> so they go to the back room and they have pulled out this skeletal body. Oh, that's, oh God. It's just dripping in maple syrup. He's like, oh, it's like a <laughs> decaying tooth. And... You know, they can't really decide what it is, but they're going to call uh, Dr. Diana Whitley from Centerville University to come examine the body. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Just let the xenomorph like rot in the back room? And Jack's like, I'll take the night shift. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, so he's going to Stephen King it. Yep. A little bit. Yes. Uh, we cut on over to econ class and Veronica is just like, you know, we're just going to have to pull all the bills and see how much in the hole we are. And figure out you know what my dad did and then she notices that two of the kids who are asking questions one of them has ink stains on his finger uh-huh how'd you get those ink stains don't tell me it was art class they probably don't have art class uh-huh so that's what cheryl should be teaching maybe she is and they just didn't say it <laughs> lazy writing and they just very quickly admit that it was them and then they're like <laughs> we printed ten thousand instead of the one thousand she's like, okay Y'all got greedy. F's for everyone. And, she's, and they're like, and then they're like, what can we do? Like, again, so quickly, they're just like, how can we fix it, Miss Lodge? This is worse than the juvie crap with it, the epic highs and lows. It almost is. It almost is. There wasn't as good writing. And then she's like, well, you're responsible for the money you printed. So you're going to start paying, working it off by giving Riverdale a much needed service. Okay. So, Fine, more child labor, I guess. More, I mean, well, they they deserve this one. Okay, this this still. this one, they stole ten thousand dollars. Community service, community service. You have to pay it off with community service. Uh huh. I'm fine with this punishment. There, there's no law in Riverdale, so you know. Th- there technically is none, so I'm fi- I even if there was, <laughs> I'm fine with this punishment. They essentially stole ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you you got to pay that shit off. Yep. So we cut on over to the Andrews house and as Archie's coming in the door, Jackson has his gun and he's like, no, I'm going. Archie's like, what? He's like, I'm going after Hiram. Earl didn't make it. So Earl, who Archie's tried to save from the burning pool hall, died. And Archie stops him. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm going after Hiram Lodge. He's like, you got to stop. That's an order. And he's like, sorry, Sarge, this isn't the army anymore. And then jackson just started telling us like i lost my leg and none of it mattered none of us mattered and archie says it's gonna be okay you're gonna go to the the home and you're gonna get the help that you need and jackson says no they canceled my slot i found out this morning i needed help <laughs> oh, oh, this makes me oh i hate this <laughs> i hate it this one makes me cry he's like oh, ugh. it's like i need help i needed a lifeline and they they're not there and archie Oh, he's just like, I'm lost too. It's like the only thing that's keeping me sane is working this hard. And my friends don't know because they wouldn't understand. Uh-huh. Ugh, this breaks my fucking heart so much. I hate this. It's so good. Yeah. Like they both do this so well. <laughs> this storyline is so weighty and I'm really proud of them for doing this and i hate them because it's <laughs> literally i have fred andrew tears i hate you i have fred andrew tears i hate yeah. fred andrew tears for earned tears <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah no this is hard and jackson's like what am i gonna do and archie's like well what you know the firehouse needs a commander and i can't think of anyone better Ugh. Like, I can see that people might think this is really cheesy based on the normal stuff that Riverdale gives us. And I totally get that. True. But this this was really good. It's heartfelt. It's very, very real. It's heartfelt. It's really real. It feels very earned, especially with everything we've seen from these episodes with Archie. And we don't know very much about Jackson, but this makes sense. Well, and this is seven years after going to war. Plus... All of the trauma that he dealt with well, I mean, high school. He had so much trauma before that we know was never really addressed. Yeah. And just knowing who what we know about Archie is, of course, he would go headfirst on his own into a burning building. So who knows what he went headfirst on his own into, into battle. And so we've got somebody who he served with who, who says that Archie saved his life, even though he lost a leg, he saved his life. 
you know, like we don't really know what the circumstances were for that. We don't know what Archie's headspace is for that. And that's all fine. But to give it this context is really this storyline is one of their most elevated storylines that they've ever written. It's also I mean, it's it's so cross applicable to anybody who's dealt with trauma. (laughs) Well, it is. And I guess this is a really good time to mention. So one of the things that I do really like is this is a very grown up problem. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that is something that they are giving to all of our core four. Yeah. And also they're giving them all trauma, essentially, which they all had trauma before, but they're giving them all new trauma that none of the other one knows about, which yeah. I also really like. It's not anything that the other one has experienced. So Archie has this. Betty was in, was held captive for two weeks by a serial killer. Uh-huh. Jughead is clearly going headfirst into some alcoholism. And struggling. If, struggling. I mean, if he isn't an actual alcoholic right now, he is dangerously flirting with that line. And we know that's something his father was struggling with before, so it would make sense. And Veronica is very... We, we've already discussed it before. She's definitely in a very emotionally abusive relationship and my concern is that later we're gonna see it escalate i think i feel like the final straw with that relationship it's gonna escalate into a physically abusive relationship and that's gonna be the reason that she officially ends it with chadwick yeah which i hate but again that's everyone has this different trauma and abuse that they're dealing with and (laughs) that's completely separate from the other (sighs) yeah (laughs) yeah no, it's serious. But this is one of the times where it shined through in a really, really and, and it great was, way. It was really well done. And it, the fact that these two are committed to supporting each other. Yeah, I just, um, from a mental health and firearm safety thing, I really hope that there's just some mention later that Jackson, all the firearms in the Andrews household have been taken somewhere else. Just hope they mention that just for safety reasons, because I feel like that needs to be done yeah yeah i want i used to to harp on like there needs to be a mention of safe sex somewhere in this goddamn show safe firearms use y'all i need i need some mention of like um we took them to sheriff keller for safekeeping for now some some or are the coopers have a gun safe or like they're just that we put them away because clearly we we need a moment and if he ever needs it for some reason we know where they are we we had a moment yeah, Archie's got a baseball bat. He's good. He does not need a gun. <laughs> We're good. He's good with a baseball bat. We've seen him be awesome. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Well, now let's make it weird. Let's go weird. Lean into the weird. Um, embrace the weird. Embrace the weird. So we go over to Pops, and Jughead is putting liquor in his coffee. God damn it, Jughead. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he's all by himself, and the lights happen just like they did in the flashback. He goes outside. Cut to the next day, and he's telling Tabitha what's going on. He goes, like, I lost time. It was 2 o'clock in the morning, and then I wake up at 6 o'clock in a booth. And she's like, yeah, but, like, you could just fall asleep, or were you drinking? And he's just like, that's beside the point. He takes a while and hesitates, and when she hears that, she's like, oh, no. I mean, it's just, she knows he drinks. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's just, it's clearly to a point where it's like, hmm this is more than well and also crutch and in the immediate sense too are you even credible here it will yeah except so then they go to the back room and the the alien body is gone he's like of course this is the first thing i checked and i came back here and they're gone something weird happened in riverdale last night pretty much (laughs) so then we cut over to sketch alley and veronica's making the kids clean it up okay that's fine which is like, okay, but like also, are you like kind of evicting these people from where they're currently living by cleaning this up? How is this working? That there's there's a great question to be had there because that's, ooh, that's that's a deep, deep question that I don't know if we want to get into on this podcast. I mean, it's technically what could be happening now. Are they just like cleaning up the actual trash? To make Sketch Alley just a little bit cleaner for the people who are still living there? Are they bringing food to the people who are there? Like, what are they doing? I'm going to say there are lots of people in your area working with homeless camps. And if you can find them, try to help out. They are trying to help keep things clean and give food to people. Food and hygiene. But a lot of times that is being done by 
the sort of public and municipal governments to force those people out. Yeah, the quote-unquote cleanup is just to get it out. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's not good. Nope, doesn't work too well. Hopefully they're doing the former. So we go back to the gym firehouse and Fangs and Kevin are there and they're like, hey, we heard that your that Weatherby shut down the ROTC kids being your volunteer fire department. Thank you, Waldo. And he's, yeah. And Archie's just like, yeah, I think it had something to do with me bringing them to a, a burning building, which to be fair was not Archie's fault. But still. But yeah. Yeah. This is good. And uh-huh. Fangs and Kevin are like, we're here to volunteer. We should have done it in the first place. Thank you. Thank you. It's very nice. And then I was like, also, uh, we got a chief for you. And Russell, Chief Russell comes and he's like, hey, I heard about some crazy kid who went running into a burning building and that inspired me. <laughs> I was like, I want to help. And Archie's like, I'd love to have you. What do we need? He was like, well, the first thing that would be great was a fire truck. <laughs> and in comes Ronnie with a vintage fire truck, which is very cool and very on brand for Riverdale. And Archie's like, this is great. What do we owe you? And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll definitely be putting out a Firefighters of Riverdale calendar to defray the costs, <laughs> which totally explains a picture that we've seen uh, posted by RAS of Archie in a firefighter's uniform with no shirt on. Of course. <laughs> it's great. I'm here for that. Fantastic. And she's like, plus, she's like, it helps you and hurts my dad. <laughs> great. I'm here for this. But really, I just want to help. And then she makes googly eyes. This is just classic. Veronica helps Archie and hurts her dad. This is this yeah. is going back. And uh, Veronica is going to be very put out when she finds out that Betty and, and Archie are sleeping together. It's very true. Which I think is going to happen next episode. Quite possibly. Yeah, I think that's going to come to a head. And also, hey, Veronica, you're fucking married. Well, yeah. You yeah. have opinions, but guess what, bitch? You married. We go over to the Cooper house and Alice and Betty and Tom and Tony are going over all the missing girls. So they've got a map. They've got all these files. Tom went through all of his stuff and talked to some local, the sheriffs in the other counties. And he's like, I came up with 13 names. Tony talked to some other social workers. Like I came out with 11 names, five overlap with Tom. And Betty's like, okay, that's 21 missing girls. And how many of them are in that swamp? And what the hell is going on? And Tony's like, is it? human trafficking and betty just goes or a serial killer riverdale it's a serial killer come right. on y'all it's... have we watched the show enough to know it's a serial killer yeah it's gonna be a serial killer it's always a serial killer it's always a serial killer so like this episode i mean there were good things in this episode but it does feel like a lot of filler to set up to the next thing that's gonna reveal a ton of things and yeah 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 Well, let's find out what's going to happen next time. All right, let's take a quick break and watch our next time on. All right, next week is Chapter 84, Lock and Key. The Queen of Chaos strikes again. A big announcement forces everyone to take stock of their current lives. Cheryl sets a risky plane in motion after learning some surprising news about Tony. Jughead tries to make sense of strange encounter he had. Kevin and Fangs make a big decision about their future together. <laughs> and a key party. It's a key party. Okay, so Cheryl's fucking bored and she's pissed. She's pissed about Tony confronting her. She's like, fuck you, I'm gonna cause chaos. Also, call back to E1. Season fucking one. S1 E1. Yeah. The the spin the bot, uh, seven, five, seven minutes of heaven, whatever the game closet. It game was is. all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Anyways, she wants to cause some chaos. We're going to have a little call back to that. I'm here to the callbacks to that shit. Makes total sense. We see Reggie and things are going to kiss. Um, Which I think is all the boys are going to be required to kiss. It's going to end up happening. Whatever. Because of the Archie Chad showdown. Well, and then Archie and Chad, and it's like, no, I'm not with your ex, and uh, get your hands off her, bro. It's just uh, Chad's is, gonna get handsy. Why? Okay, it's just this. This is just inappropriate. Like, it's just <laughs> the thing is, you know, no. Okay, okay, that makes me sound super prude, and I'm not. It's inappropriate to invite unknowing people to this type of party. <laughs> 
that's what's inappropriate. We have to see the episode, but if they are, if they come to the party and they are not told it's a key party slash we're going to make this a sex party, yeah. like just grow up. Everybody has to be consenting adults. They have to be down a clown. <laughs> that's clearly not what this is. This is just stupid high school bullshit. And also, I'm like, really. Really? Really? You wanted to have a spin the bottle type of situation, and so you did this? This is so stupid. Yes. This is lazy. It will be. So, based on this synopsis, though, this is what I think is going on. I think Cheryl finds out who baby daddy is for Tony, and now she wants that to come out to everybody. Sure. I think that's Reggie. And I think, so this is Kevin and Fangs make a big decision about their future together. I think they decide they're getting married. That would be wonderful. That they want to get married. I think that, like, whatever the kissing situation is, it goes, oh, like, we were fine with this for a while. and We've been together for so long and we were at different colleges. And so, like, that's just, we had a very casual relationship for a while, but we've been so committed for so long. It's like, oh, we don't want this anymore. We want everyone to know that we're in a very committed, monogamous relationship. And so we're going to, we want to get married. Oh, I, I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. That would be lovely. Because if they break up, I'll riot. Oh, I will murder. I will, <laughs> I will murder. I will do a murder. Jesus. I will murder. I don't know I'll murder, but I'll be so fucking pissed because they are the only relationship that has been healthy so far. Uh-huh. Like, I will accept them breaking up if it's, we love each other so much and there's so much about our relationship that's great, but we're both, we've just been together for so long, but I think we both really want to experience being with other people. So we want to keep our friendship and that's what's the most important thing. But we like I if that's how they break up in that mature way, I will accept it. That would not be how they broke up if they broke up. But you I don't trust them. No. So you just keep them together forever. <laughs> just keep Kangs together and I'll be okay. Those two boys deserve love. They're so hot together. <laughs> I just they're just precious. God. They're just precious. Well, next week's going to be stupid. It's going to be fucking stupid. It might be really entertaining, though. <laughs> You're not wrong. And I hope... Okay, who? Okay, of the two, who finds out that Betty and Archie are fucking? Who? Who knows? Tony, based on the look on her face? <sighs> no, because I think Tony's concerned about the whole Cheryl knows something about her. But of Jughead or Veronica, who finds out? Not Jughead. He's got too much fucking going on. He's got to deal with his experience. Veronica. Veronica finds out. Cool. I'm here for this. Until next time. Hashtag Bulldogs, Bulldogs forever. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.